0: This past week, the world of sports entertainment lost a legend.
1: Introducing from Kansas City, Missouri, Harley Race.
0: Harley Race's career was one decorated in championship gold as he held the NWA World Heavyweight Championship an astonishing eight times. Anybody that faced Harley Race when he was the world champion, you knew that you were in for a real fight. Harley was a workhorse. He was very proud of that championship walking in against a man that has survived every obstacle that's ever been thrown in front of me. Harley engaged in epic title versus title clashes with WWE champions superstar Billy Graham and Bob Backlund. Right here, daddy, is the Muhammad Ali of it all. But is perhaps best remembered for his epic rivalry with the nature boy, Ric Flair. The single toughest, most intense wrestler I've ever been in the ring with in my entire life. Harley would join the WWE in 1986 and go on to win King of the Ring, after which he would nobly refer to himself as King Harley Race. I crown you the King, Handsome Harley Race. I've listened to Hall of Famers tell story after story about the toughness and the skill that Harley Race possessed. That's what makes him one of the greatest superstars of all time. After an illustrious 25-year in-ring career, Harley retired from competition in 1990 and began managing for WCW's Lex Luger and Vader, leading them both to WCW World Championships. And in 2004, Harley Race would take his rightful place in the WWE Hall of Fame. I've been an extremely blessed human being. God gave me the talent to work in this business there's not a better spot on earth than under those bright lights. Harley Race, one of the baddest dudes to ever step in a ring, a legitimate tough guy, and a guy that every single buddy in the whole business had nothing but high regard and total respect for. Harley Race passed away this past week at the age of 76. We at WWE send our deepest sympathies to his family and loved ones. Harley Race will forever be remembered by his WWE family as a friend, a mentor, and a champion.
1: by the htm podcast network and the gorilla telling the stories of pro wrestling storytellers Welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk, powered by the Grill and a proud part of the Road Network. So presented by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network. Sponsored by caller and elbow Brand.com, where you can get 10% off when using promo code JK Podcast at the checkout. Also in partnership with hypecityvapers.com where you can get 15% off all your e-juice for your vape when using promo code JK Podcast. Also, please welcome our new sponsor, Silly Rabbit Vape Shop, located in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, Canada. Mention Turnbuckle Talk for a discount on all your vape juice and hardware. You can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TV Talk Pod. You can listen to the podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, CastBox, and all those other podcasters out there as well. As always, I am Big Joe.
2: And I'm Carl Carafell.
1: All right, Carl, another week has come and gone in the world of professional wrestling. But as you heard in the opener this week, we have a very, very big, very sad loss in the world of professional wrestling, Carl. This one is a doozy.
2: It's a doozy, but I mean, we we say that every time and mm-hmm. continuously we're saying that. And and definitely it is. I don't want to take anything away from, uh, from this, this loss that happened, yeah. but it's where it, it's at the point now where it's kind of expected that this stuff is going to happen sure. as, uh, as unfortunate and sad as it is. Um, we knew the time was coming at some point. Uh, but still, I mean, huge, huge loss to the professional wrestling world. You guys heard Harley race has passed mm-hmm. away and it, uh, affected a lot of the, uh, the professional wrestlers of today, even. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, probably most notably Nick Aldis, uh, current NWA World's heavyweight champion, uh, who was very, very thankful to be able to get the opportunity to sit down and actually talk with Harley Race a little bit before this happened.
1: I mean, just when you think the NWA World's heavyweight championship, I mean, he is just synonymous with that title. I mean, he's one of literally one of the if not the first person that you think of when you think of that championship.
2: Definitely it is.
1: You know, and then also had a great run in the WWE as well. And I mean, had some legendary matchups with Ric Flair and even even the GOAT himself claiming that Harley Race was better than him as a wrestler. You even heard yep. a little bit of that in the intro. that, uh, And, and th- th- that's pretty high esteem from somebody who is largely accepted as the best professional wrestler in the world. Rick Flair saying that Harley Race was probably better than he was.
2: Yeah, that's that's huge. <laughs> you
1: know, huge. So definitely somebody who's influenced a lot of people as well. You know, when we think of current, um, if I were to pick in, in WWE, look at the revival guys. I mean uh, Dawson. I mean he you could tell he's somebody who clearly, even just look and persona wise, very much tries to follow in the in those footsteps. So and just a guy that was just a real. Man's man and was one of the hardest workers in the ring. For his Definitely
2: time. always was. I mean, one of the greatest things is that we were able to call him King mm-hmm. Harley Race.
1: Yes, uh, which
2: was phenomenal.
1: I believe he went of the first king of the ring, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Or you one don't of the quote fir- me on that. Could be one of the first ones. Could be. I mean, I think he was the, the king before Jerry the King Lawler assumed that kind of persona I think Harley beat him to the punch on that one yeah a little bit (laughs) yeah he sure did so yeah definitely some fond memories there you know given given our age you know we didn't get a chance to see right live at the time a lot of his work but definitely thanks to the WWE Network and through the power of the internet we can go back and relive all if not the majority of the matches and the, the work that he's done so that's right Yeah, definitely a a big loss in the world of professional wrestling. I'm sure we'll be talking about it for a while. So going from that to a bit of a surprise here with a talent that has been around quite a bit. Tenille Dashwood has signed with a different wrestling company, Carl.
2: She has. um, Oddly enough, she has actually signed with Impact Wrestling, which is, I don't want to say odd, Uh but she's been around. She's been to the WWE. She's been with Ring of Honor. So,
1: mm-hmm.
2: why not go and try out what you can do in Impact Wrestling? I think it's a good move for her.
1: And realistically, too, when you look at some of the major brands and some of the major companies out there, one of the last ones for her, really. I mean, because she has been around quite a bit, you know, with the exception of maybe AEW, Impact was really one of her only other major options at this point.
2: That's right, and I mean we don't want to uh, not include AEW in there because at some point I'm sure she will make her way over there as well. Mm-hmm. She is an she's an amazing talent. Yeah, she can really do good things inside of that ring. So it's, I think it's just a matter of time before she makes her way over to All Elite Wrestling as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But yeah. Going with Impact Wrestling right now, I think it was a good move for her. Uh, there's some good talent over there that she can really do some good things with.
1: The only catch that I could see with AEW and possibly any other major promotions, WWE, and all that included, is that she, and I, this is going to sound a little bit negative, but it's about the only way I, way I can kind of word it, is that she's just notorious for not being able to stay healthy. You now she's. Injury—I won't say injury-prone, but has had a lot of health and injury issues throughout her career that have, uh, you know, cut things short for her in numerous places.
2: True, but she's bounced back every time. Absolutely, that's uh, that's my thing, right? She's bounced back absolutely every time. So, I think in 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 that case, you know. Especially for All Elite they, they may be willing to watch her for a while As she's in Impact yeah. And then make a decision from there But I think ultimately in the end We're going to see her in All Elite as well I, I, I'm starting to believe that that is a life goal Of Tennille Dashwood mm-hmm. To be part of absolutely every major wrestling organization
1: yeah.
2: And she's slowly doing it
1: Yep, and there's always the option, too, that I think people are overlooking when it comes to this topic. When you look at where she's from, Australia. Okay. That is very similar to the UK. It's a really active, very vibrant, very, I wouldn't say, crowded wrestling um, over there, but uh, there's a lot going on in Australia, too. I mean, if if things were to go south with, with Impact and if AEW isn't interested in her, I mean, there are multiple, multiple promotions in Australia. She could go back home and do very well there, I think. So that's another option, I think, to uh, have on the table for her.
2: Definitely. Hometown girl coming back to her home country, she would be an immediate
1: star. Absolutely. Absolutely. And who's to say maybe if WWE ventures over into Australia, which I think would actually be the wiser choice as opposed to going into Japan because from Australia then you can kind of branch out to those areas if you if you wanted to, kind of inside of that. So I think that if that's the case too, you know, she could come full circle back to the WWE. Stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened.
2: <laughs> Very true.
1: Kind of speaking, which a bit of a bit of an odd segue here, but very qui- kind of quietly this seems to have happened. I don't know if maybe just because we haven't talked to him about very much or just there just hasn't really been a whole lot. But The Rock seems to be done with wrestling, essentially. This is very below the radar.
2: It was very below the radar. I mean, we nobody really even knew about it until he was on a uh, an episode mm-hmm. of uh, Live with Kelly and Ryan mm-hmm. uh, that he really put out there that you know, like he misses it definitely, and he's always going to miss it. It's it's part of his life. Yep. But he he essentially said quietly, "I bowed out and I am done with professional wrestling," which honestly it came as a shock i mean that's 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 huge like you've got probably the biggest one of the biggest stars in the world of professional wrestling of all time mm-hmm. who has now just said quietly i left and i'm leaving it at that
1: yeah now would you say that this is maybe Is this a full-on hard retire for for him or is this kind of like a a John Cena type thing where, you know, given the right scenario and given the right amount of money, could that draw him back in? Or is he done done, do you think?
2: I think given the right scenario, Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily think given the right amount of money, but given the right scenario, I think he could come back, not to do any wrestling, not to be Uh in a match, but just to come back and 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 play host to something or come back just for that cheap pop, um, just to kind of get the crowd going, get the crowd over, something like that. Before WrestleMania, he comes, you know, like two weeks before and hypes up WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Like, definitely, that's something that even with the busy schedule that he has with television and movies and everything else that he's doing, he could always take. You know, one night to go and hype up a professional wrestling show like yeah. WrestleMania, just to draw in a couple more numbers.
1: Theoretical scenario for you here. It comes up for the the next time for this. the The Saudi Prince says, "Okay, we want we want to do a rematch of Stone Cold and The Rock. Do you think that those guys are biting on that? No situation. Neither of them. No. I would hope not." Then again, either one of them. Then again, I was not thinking that Sean was ever going to take that deal, and uh, he did.
2: I think, okay, we haven't really touched on this. It's been a while. We're we're going to right now. I think the, the entire thing with Shawn Michaels was a whole bunch of peer pressure.
1: That is a pretty accurate statement, I would think. Yes, Yeah.
2: exactly. I think that's exactly what it was. It was just simply peer pressure coming from his buddies, his old school buddies, look, saying, look. look at the money, come and do this. Look at the money, come and do this. <laughs> look at the money, the come money. and do this. Right? Like, yeah. I think that's exactly what it was. Um, I'm hoping that it was only just buddies going, come on, <laughs> come on. Come on. Yeah. And, and not a situation of, well, if you don't do this, you know your position with NXT. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope that it wasn't anything like that. I'm mm-hmm. sure that it, it that it wasn't because we all know who's running NXT and we all know the relationship between that person and yeah. Shawn Michaels. Um, so I think it was just a lot of peer pressure that was coming from that. That's the only reason why that happened.
1: So we have to remind ourselves that during their peak there, you, you literally you had to, you know, usually during the, these times, like, you don't see two people, like, really peaking at the same kind of moment, and having great chemistry together at the same moment, and, and, and you know, The Rock and, and Austin both I don't think you could den- deny that that wasn't the case, so given that mass appeal that these both both these guys have, and all the crossover appeal that both guys have in multiple businesses and industries, oh, you know, given the right amount of money and the right scenario at the right time you don't almost have to be silly to say no, I would think, right?
2: And I think both of them are silly enough to say no.
1: <laughs> I, I really do. I, I would really hope so. You know, as, as cool as the idea that may seem, we see historically now that some of this has happened, that yeah, not so much.
2: True, but <laughs> yeah. No, no. These, the, Those two guys at least? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I can, I can definitely see these two guys at least kind of going. No, we don't need to do this. No, we have never needed to go out and do this. Nope, we hit our prime. Yes, and now other people are in their prime. Let's leave it there.
1: Bingo. Because there's even word now. I don't know if you've seen us at all. That possibly Goldberg might be making an appearance at SummerSlam. Like he might be inserting himself into that Dolph Ziggler match, and then. The other aspect of that is maybe that's when Matt Riddle might uh, come up because we know that there's there's a beef there with uh, Goldberg and Riddle. So could see that as well. Goldberg yet again. Maybe he'll get squashed this time.
2: Who's next? Next topic. That's what's <laughs> next.
1: Next topic. A little bit more AEW stuff here. Now... There's been a lot of little hints and little teases about this, especially with the, the Young Bucks and whatnot, because they, they are one of the best tag teams in the world, and, and you could throw the Usos into that group. You could also throw, arguably, this group into their the revival. It seems like things might be getting close to kind of being up in the air for these guys. I think they would be a great addition to that tag team division in AEW. I mean, a match with them and the Young Bucks would be fantastic to watch
2: this is something that has been teased for so long now i mean going all the way back a couple years ago with the start of ftr right and and i mean we all know what that is Mm -hmm. everyone knows what that is um they made this huge like joke about it and then they added on extra stuff to it and whatever whatever right like but it was all good um uh, honestly i think once contracts are done with the revival what have they done with them right now in the wwe they have done absolutely nothing with these guys of any significance so why are they going to stay Mm -hmm. is it going to be because of the money It could be because we know it's not going to be about any championships or prestige or fame because they are not necessarily getting that in the WWE. Will they get that in AEW? Don't know if they would even get that in AEW, but they would at least be showcased a little bit more so that their talents can be seen.
1: These are the guys that employ the old school tactics when it comes to, to tag team wrestling. I mean, they, they they cut off the ring, they isolate their opponent in, in their side of the ring, and, and work them over. And just say when, when you watch a match with these guys, when they actually get a chance to do a little bit of something, I very much get a flashback to this old school way of doing tag team wrestling. It's it's fantastic to watch, and yeah, like you said, these guys they never really get a chance to really. Show their chops to everybody, and could they stay for more money? That's always a possibility. I mean, at the end of the day, too, you know, these guys have got to think about uh, families, and, you know, AEW isn't long term necessarily a sure thing, too. That's something that we can't, you know, ignore here. WWE is essentially a sure thing, and if you're going to have multi, you know, at least a few million dollars thrown at you per year, you got to you'd be silly to not consider
2: it. Definitely. Again, you would be silly not to consider it. Mm-hmm. Um, but ag- again, you talked about family as well, right? right? Um, If they're not happy, it reflects on the family. Absolutely. The family knows that and understands that. And do you yeah. think that family is really going to say, yeah, continue doing that because the money is good or yeah. let's make life better and go where you're going to be happy. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, you talked about these guys really emulating a lot of the old school. For any of you old school fans that are listening to the podcast that really don't know much about the current WWE product, I want you to remember back to the days of the British Bulldogs, to Demolition, to Legion of Doom. That is what these guys are doing. Yep. When they're able to do it and showcase their talent of that style. But that's what you need to really look at is those tag teams back then. That is what these guys have grown up on just as we did. And that's what they're emulating out there. So if that's what you're a fan of, make sure you go and check them out. Follow them on, on you know whatever social media there is. Talk about them. Make sure the WWE knows that you're interested in these guys mm-hmm. because if you don't, they're not going to get pushed. They're not going to get used. People, people don't understand, but really the voice of the people is, is, is really a big thing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you start putting your, your gumption behind these people, it gets noticed and it gets noticed. And then it gets pushed, and then it gets used, and then, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's a snowball effect that really happens, and uh, yeah, like, go check them out, definitely, if that's what you're into.
1: The people, I almost thought you were John Lornais for a second there. Um, When it (laughs) comes to, uh, to the revival, you could definitely lump those guys into the group of people that were rather successful in NXT. I mean, they were champion tag team champions there for, for quite a, a while and then called up to that main roster and into that misused uh-huh. column, right? So they, they, I don't think anybody would argue with that statement that, that they definitely fall into that category. And it was sad to see because they were they were really fun to watch in NXT and they had some great matches with, uh, with everybody there.
2: They definitely did, and that's... Uh Again, for those of you who, who don't watch NXT or don't have the WWE Network,
1: mm-hmm.
2: that's the difference between the fans of uh, NXT and the main roster. It's it's a totally different, diverse base of people that really get behind the wrestlers and really get behind the talent in NXT. Mm-hmm.
1: So going with that, a little bit more AEW meets WWE stuff here. This has been uh, kind of a back and forth thing that's been kind of going on here. I, I've been really curious to to, uh, to hear your opinion on this, Carl. With uh, Vince and Cody essentially kind of trading shots here, Vince claiming that AEW is being kind of going back to the blood and guts stuff here. W- what do you think? Is that an accurate statement that um, that they're doing this?
2: I've heard what Vince has said mm-hmm. as well as I heard Cody's rebuttal to it. Yeah. Um, I have to side with Cody yeah. on this entire thing. Mm-hmm. If you haven't listened to it, it's available out there. People go in and and search it out. It's available. Uh, yeah, Cody Rhodes talks, WWE blood and guts, something like that. Um, it, but to give you just a quick rundown of what he said he essentially he says we have another company claiming that we're blood and guts
1: mm-hmm.
2: and that they're above blood and guts but yet our entire business of professional wrestling was built on the blood and guts of every professional wrestler before us mm-hmm. and every professional wrestler to be. That's what it is built on.
1: Now, when he was making that statement, do you think he's making a literal blood and guts reference or is that more of kind of like a metaphorical type thing that he's hinting at?
2: I think it was a, it, honestly a mixture of both.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I definitely. Agree. Yeah. For me, when it comes to, I'm definitely in agreement with you that I think that, you know, this is obviously stuff that, you know, the fans have been uh, kind of asking for. And Vince, I, th- I think, kind of addressing this too. I'm kind of on, I'm a, of the school of thought when it comes to this. I, I, th- I think with this stuff, I think Vince just shouldn't even be acknowledging that this is kind of happening. what well, why even address it? You're the, the number one company in the world and you're, you're acknowledging that this, you know, that they've, refer to them as the pissant Company or this other company. And, you know, I'm, I'm just wondering if Vince should just not just be, a, just not addressing it at all. Because it, it, to me, it just, it, it almost kind of, like a, a sense kind of intimidation there a little bit. A little bit.
2: I don't think that there's any intimidation there at
1: all. I think there might if, be.
2: If Vince had not mentioned this, mm-hmm. would we be talking about it right now? No. Vince is a very smart You're- man. He understands the competition and that controversy creates money in his pocket. That's the way he has been throughout everything mm-hmm. controversial as well as making sure that there is competition for him. Best Times True. came out of the Monday Night Wars, mm-hmm. right? Sure, they were in a little bit of a lull. But it made everybody, including Vince himself, work that much harder to create the number one product in the world. I think he's doing this to openly welcome All Elite Wrestling Mm -hmm. as being competition for him so that it can create betterment for his company.
1: Fingers crossed. Hopefully that's the case because huh. since that raw reunion, you know, the, the viewership numbers have been dropping again. We're, we're going back to the, uh, to the, the cohesiveness of the storylines everything being all wacky again. And, you know, this kind of stuff. So he's got to, if that's going to be the case, Vinny, you got to step it up, brother. You got to step aside and, and let the young blood take over again because you're, 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 you're out of touch again. And, uh, that's all I'm going to say at this point That's again that's a whole other topic that we can kind of get into there
2: and we beat that like a dead horse
1: we do and we, we yeah. will likely beat that dead horse again it's just a matter of <laughs> yeah. time now when it comes to making money in the world of professional wrestling you kind of mentioned uh, that a little bit there yeah YouTube and Twitch Carl are, are they viable platforms when it comes to professionals and what i mean by that is can a wrestling company you know outside of the big established ones like wwe and whatnot is this a viable platform where you can make money as a wrestling company to show all, all your shows and all your episodes and all your content on on these platforms
2: sure why not Definitely. I mean, YouTube is huge. Twitch is getting to be mm-hmm. huge and, and, and really diverse in everything that you're doing. Twitch uh, originally just kind of started up as like, um, hey, I'm playing a video game. Come and watch my video game or watch me while I play the, my video game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, allowed users to go on there and do double screen so that they're showing themselves plus mm-hmm. showing their gameplay. And it's, it's expanded. It's evolving. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: So I I think, honestly, these smaller professional wrestling companies, why not use something that's available to them for free
1: Mm -hmm.
2: to be able to go out and get their product out there to the world, essentially. When you look at YouTube and Twitch, they're worldwide. There's apps that you can put onto your phone, your tablet, (laughs) anything. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And they're available for free. Yeah. So why not give them for free? And then oh. once you have – and and analytics with, with YouTube and stuff like that, I mean, once you have so many subscribers and so many hours of video, you can start monetizing things. And then you're getting paid essentially for putting on a wrestling show and showing it to people.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the, they are two very different platforms. I should definitely make the distinction. I mean, YouTube – when you're a content creator on YouTube, and I mean this includes everybody, this includes regular Joe Schmoes just putting vlogs and that kind of stuff on there, us as podcasts, um, game content, this kind of stuff, you, you make money off YouTube over how many views that you get and you get the ad revenue because when you when you get to that monetized level, ads get get shown before and that's where you make your money on that. Twitch is a little bit of that, but it's more of then you relying of people actually reaching into their pocket and subscribing to yes. to your channel if you, if you don't have that. And as somebody who personally did Twitch for, for close to two years and didn't make a single dime... It's a bit more of a risky um, proposition than it is with YouTube because, I mean, as long as the numbers are there, you're making money off of YouTube. But, I mean, yep. you could have thousands of uh, viewers on, on Twitch and not be making a dime off of them. That's the only the catch there.
2: It definitely is. You're right. Um, <laughs> but, like I said, I mean, Twitch is evolving. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, it, is that something that we could see possibly is them kind of going with a, with a little bit more of like mm-hmm. a, an ad revenue type of, uh, platform available. Mm-hmm. It's a possibility. I don't know hundred percent for sure, but I know that they continue to change things and continue to add things and continue to let a little bit more happen. Um, so it could be something that that happens mm-hmm. down the line but either way i mean whether you're using youtube and getting the ad revenue from that after you know getting the followers mm-hmm. or whether it's using twitch and giving people just a little taste and then saying hey you know like here's a little taste of what it is you want to see more dig into your pocket yeah. type of thing right so e- either way, it could definitely be viable, mm-hmm. but we have to understand that, that that they are as well selling tickets to these shows, true, so you know people are still going out paying money, so they're still making money. Mm-hmm. This is just kind of extra yeah. on top of that i
1: I, I like the two platforms and and the, the ideas are i I think right now one of them probably the the better, I think probably the better idea are fight TV and the, the bleacher, uh, report the way that uh, they've been kind of, uh, showing AEW stuff and other from fight TV, especially, I mean, you can watch wrestling, tons of wrestling, different wrestling promotions on there. And it's for those
2: that platform. don't know, fight is F I T E. Yeah. So F I T E dot TV is where you can go online. And yeah, like you, you like you said, it's, It's amazing for that content. They have, you know, shoot interviews that are on there and they've got, uh, you know, different shows that they show on there. And yes, things do cost money on Fight.TV. So you're not just going to be going there and able to watch absolutely everything for free. Mm -hmm. But they do have a lot of really cool free content on there as well, including some smaller wrestling promotions that you can check out that put out shows weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, mm-hmm. uh, what have you. But that is out there on Fight.tv.
1: And in this way, you know, outside of being in there person, you're directly supporting these promotions as well too, right? So that's a benefit there as well. Which I, That's uh, right. I dig that. You know, People legitimately paying for their stuff is always going to be a good thing. Yeah. So – going from that to... I have a feeling this might be a, a topic we might end up disagreeing on, but this, of course, of course happens notoriously, but... Uh,
2: Guaranteed it, we're going to disagree on this. I can I can <laughs> say it right now.
1: And It'll actually lead into to the following topic after that, I think, as well. Renee Young on commentary in WWE. Now, of course, this is the only place that she's done commentary. I will let you go first, Carl, and, and give... You know she's been there for a little while now doing commentary. How would you grade her? What's your opinion on uh, her as as a commentator of professional wrestling matches?
2: B plus, right now Oof. B plus. I I, oh, yeah. I can't necessarily give a top tier and say A or A plus, but she is still growing. Mm-hmm. Like you said, this is the first time that she has ever done this. For those who don't know who Renee Young is, she started out. Working in Canada with The Score, uh, which was uh, Sportsnet uh, 360 is what it is now or whatever. Um, She was on a program there called Aftermath where they talked about professional wrestling. She hosted that show. She was great on there. Yeah, I thought she she did an amazing, wonderful job on there. She was knowledgeable, Mm -hmm. talented, and could talk for as long as they needed her to. Now, unfortunately, coming to the WWE, things are very scripted on commentary. You have an earphone in your ear that you're being yelled at to say this and say that. And I think that, unfortunately, it's a little bit out of her element because she's used to sitting there and hosting with three other people. Yeah. And just being able to freely go ahead and ad lib where needed, just like we do. Yep. We have our points and we just talk about it. And that's what they were able to do on the Aftermath show as well. Not everything was scripted mm-hmm. 100%. And I think that's where a little bit of the issue is coming in for her. But I think she's doing a fantastic job given what she has available to her. And she is growing.
1: hmm uh, we have, I have a number of different ways I'm going to kind of approach this here. At the beginning, of the, for essentially a grade, I'll, I'll give her between I'll say a C to a, to a C minus, and, and this is not um, a dig or anything on her directly as a as a person. Like I said, I'm when she did the aftermath show, and I think that she was fantastic in that role. She just she could talk yeah. and just have a conversation, which I think yeah. uh, really benefits her. Now coming up to this commentary role, I think that they put her onto the main show way, way, way too soon if they wanted to go in this direction. They should have started off like on 205 Live or main event or something. Start at the bottom and then work your way up. I think they threw her in a little too early and she's definitely a victim of somebody that's used to just sitting down and hosting like you had mentioned and just having a conversation as opposed to trying to break down wrestling moves which she does not do well clearly at least in my personal opinion and then uh, to it very much comes off the commentaries you you have Cole and then you have Corey and then you have Renee and then you have Cole essentially doing the majority of the color uh, doing the majority of the commentary and then Corey and Renee are just bickering with each other when you listen to the weekly show that's totally how it, how it comes across and, and, and for for me listening to Wrestle commentary I don't want to hear that, that that kind of stuff also I think another thing that that's Currently hurting her, and this may come across as conspiracy or or whatever. I think that now that her husband is working outside the WWE, I think that they're sandbagging her in that role. I I, I really believe that. And that's my opinion.
2: And I mean, uh, most of that, I I mean, I I, I do have to agree with, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, even as I said, right, I think that, uh, you know, unfortunately, she is really confined to yeah. you know that script that's there and and i think that that's really a huge <laughs> downfall but is she is she 100 percent failing at everything i don't no. i don't think so because i don't think I the think majority of it's her
1: fault yeah I, exactly it's not her fault.
2: right like i think she's doing very well with yeah. what she has available and what she she's mm-hmm. able to do um yeah i mean i think that that's it's unfortunate. It definitely is because yeah. eh, there's so much more that she could do and, <laughs> and and do so much better. And you're right. This whole bickering thing between it's uh, annoying. It, it definitely it is. I mean, there's no reason for it yeah. from from our perspective, anyways. Yeah. You get a lot of other people that are. Saying, oh, you know, like I used to hear uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan and Jesse Ventura bicker. That That's different. That's different.
1: That's completely you're different. Right.
2: <laughs> you're right. It yeah. completely is different. But in other people's minds, they're going, why isn't there any of that nowadays? So. Because they can't. Then we take Renee Young, right, yeah. and throw her into here yeah. and say, Corey Graves and Renee Young bicker back and forth like they did old school. Mm. And they're trying to do that because that's what people are asking
1: for. Yeah. And it, but it, it, it It's backfiring. It's blowing up in their face because it doesn't come across as organic or natural happening. You, when you're listening to to that aspect of it, it sounds like, okay, somebody just fed Corey that line, and now here's Renee's little rebuttal that somebody fed her, and then vice versa. Here's Renee poking fun at Corey, and then Corey with some little smart-ass res- response that's coming in his ear. That's totally how it comes across. Now, when we rewind the clock and say Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan, um that just felt totally organic and it just felt like those are just the two guys just talking and just legitimately disagreeing with each other and poking fun poking fun at each other, but it didn't feel like they were being fed something. Like it just it felt more realistic. And I think that we need to get back to that somehow.
2: I think we do as well. Um I, I think again coming back to this whole like scripted and everything is in your ear type of thing I I think that that that's where the problems and the issues are coming from right now it's too much relying on Mm -hmm. you have to say what we have written down commentators should not go out there and have 34 pages (laughs) of notes that they have to go through and read in Mm -hmm. a night they should have Two pages yep. with the matches that are on there, what the high spot's going to be, mm-hmm. who's going over, and ad lib the rest.
1: Bingo. You know, this is at some point we'll have to revisit this this topic and bring in one of our own on this, Mr. Rick Vickery, who actually does commentary for Battle in the War of Professional Wrestling. Mm-hmm. That's a topic I definitely want to sit down and talk to him about. Now, going from that curl. I'll let you introduce our next topic here.
2: You want me to introduce the next topic? This yes. is something that I have not really done very much. This is really cool. Thank you very much. I want to find out as everyone else does. Why are you so negative on the WWE, <laughs> oh. Big Joe?
1: Because it, it does feel like I well, it doesn't feel like I am negative. I am I'm just outright negative most of the time. And short answer is because they don't. Really, give me much to be positive about when it comes to the type of professional wrestling fan that that I ha- that I am and that I've kind of become over the years. Yeah. What they're doing just isn't positive for me, pure and simple. With the exception of some of the NXT stuff and and some of the papery stuff sometimes, and some of these specialty shows still kind of appeal to me a little bit. You know, the Royal Rumble match, I'll always be a fan of that, mm-hmm. but just the storylines and the scriptedness of all this and whatnot. Damn it. They just, they don't give me much to be positive about pure so, and simple.
2: Okay. No, no, I, I totally, I totally get you. I totally hear where you're coming from. I gotcha. Um, because you have not been able to see anything positive from them in a while. mm mm-hmm do you do you think that that's now influencing your decisions on everything that happens with the WWE? Or do you think that there is a way that you can maybe find some positive in things that are happening?
1: I, I, I really do try and look really, really hard. But I think it, especially the weekly stuff is how this has kind of gotten me to this point. Where, I mean, you're literally sitting down and watching three hours, sometimes five hours if you want to sit through Raw and SmackDown, of not professional wrestling, you're sitting down and watching a TV show that just feels like it's not being written right. That, that's mm-hmm. what it's its really starting to feel like. Whereas when we were younger, it really felt like I was sitting down and just watching professional wrestling. Now it feels like I'm watching a TV show that is failing. that, that That's what it feels like. It doesn't. I don't feel like I'm watching professional wrestling anymore, especially now that we have all of these other outlets and all these other alternatives. That's, that's where my big issue step, uh, comes from.
2: Okay. Okay. Um, everyone that's listening to this, I want your opinions. I want you to head over to our Facebook page. You can find it at uh, facebook.com slash... T B talk pod. Once this episode is posted, I want you to find this episode and I want you to comment below it. And I want to hear your take on this topic. Yeah. Uh, Why do you think Joe is so negative on the WWE and you've heard his answer and I want your take on it. Do you agree with Joe or do you have a different point of view on the World Wrestling Entertainment promotion. Make sure you go and do that. The end of this episode, that's the first thing I want you guys to do, is go to that Facebook page and leave your comment.
1: Uh, Before we do go to our Showstopper segment, uh, uh, one more thing on this, and then one other thing I want to bring up as well. Sure. Uh, um, So you're probably asking, well, how can we make this more positive for Big Joe? With WWE... I have a very short answer when it comes to that. Vince, whoever, happy if you ever listen to this or anybody higher up in the WWE, you want to know what my advice or what I think could fix it to make it more positive for me? Less is more. Just less is more. Just, just put on good wrestling matches. We don't need these big, long, confusing, convoluted storylines going on. Just less is more. That's what it was like when, when we first started watching wrestling. We it, it, Just less is more. You can you can accomplish just just as much in five minutes as sometimes they, they try and do this stuff for weeks and weeks and then don't accomplish anything. If, if you do it right, you can tell a very short, very concisive story to lead up to a great rivalry or wh- however you want to do it. Just It doesn't need to be this weird. It just doesn't need to be.
2: I, I, I have to agree. Yeah. I definitely, I do. Um, <laughs> that approach yeah. to it, less is more, yeah. is is always a better thing. Um, I don't know if see it's 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 hard to, to kind of put into words because uh, I think I I think the biggest thing is, is we need to have professional wrestling on the professional wrestling entertainment show. Bingo. Right. Like that's the biggest thing. We have a lot of talk. We have a lot of, um, you know, like, like just stupid vignette things that are happening. A lot of backstage, a lot of, uh, Snickers commercials taking up three quarters of the screen. Yeah. Um, like I was talking to somebody the other day about this as well. And that's something that they had mentioned is that, There is just way too much going on that is not professional wrestling. Mm -hmm. And that's where they start to lose interest as well. So, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is that we need to get back to professional wrestling on the show. And uh, less is more.
1: Because you got to think with some of these guys when they're first getting trained in professionals they're not just learning how to how to do moves and all this kind of stuff they're they're learning how to to set a mood with the crowd that they're, they're essentially being taught how to tell a story in the ring like when you look at these people how you getting trained you, you can definitely probably relate to this Carl because you're a, you were a trained professional wrestler that you're not you're just getting trained how to do moves you're, you're being trained how to tell a story inside that wrestling ring. And, and that's something that's that's been lost in the WWE for, for a while now.
2: It has been. It is something that has been lost for a long while, unfortunately, within the WWE. You really don't have those people that are going out there and um, storytelling and really getting you invested into the program itself. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's that's a huge downfall. Like you really need to get these these stories being told and and it doesn't have to be on the microphone. If you have been trained well enough that you can work together nicely with the other person, you guys can create a story through your professional wrestling. It doesn't have to be all yelling and screaming and on the mic and beat downs backstage and like, it doesn't need to be that all the time. Mm-hmm. It just needs to be inside the ring telling a great story.
1: Absolutely. So before we go to our showstopper segment, one uh, other thing that I want to mention that's actually not on our run, that I just kind of ran to before we started recording, Carl, I don't know if you've seen this at all, but a, a little bit of wrestling you now, because we've been seeing a lot of MMA kind of crossing over into, into wrestling, Well, just recently we saw it kind of go in the other direction. We saw UFC welterweight Colby Covington come out to the Kurt Angle entrance music.
2: of the United States of America. Here's the number two ranked welterweight contender, Colby Covington. Nine and one in the UFC last appearance a win over Rafael Dos Sanchez. And
1: it was, that was pretty damn cool because as well, when he was coming out to the tune of the music, people were even chanting the right way with the, you suck. I, I thought that that was fantastic. And for me, what's very telling of that is that a lot of these UFC fans are also wrestling fans.
2: It's it's very true. I mean, it's been that way for for years. I mean, lots of people are just closet about it. Yep. Right. Like lots of people. It, it, I I don't want to sound. I I don't know how to put this without it sounding terrible. But um, a lot of the UFC fans are afraid to. Say that they are professional wrestling fans as well, mm-hmm. because the MMA is seen as as more of a manly sport, and because it's you're actually going out there and actually punching and fighting and yep. hurting and stuff like that, right? Whereas everyone knows that the professional wrestling is you know something that's choreographed right. and you know stuff like that. So a lot of the uh, it's it's a macho thing, mm-hmm. right? I got, I got to be the big guy. I got to be the macho guy here because, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I'm an MMA fan. I'm not a professional wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. Yet, Closetly on their phone, they're going, yeah. ooh, what's happening? What's happening? What's right. happening?
1: Yeah. Right? It, it, it's – there's always going to be this weird kind of – each wrestling and mixed martial arts kind of keeping each other's – keep generally kind of at an arm's distance away from each other, but they're – there's a lot of things that kind of cross over and there's a lot of crossover appeal. And there's, um, it's a very weird relationship between these two. And a lot of times it gets very negative. A lot of times it gets very positive. Mm -hmm. Right now it seems to be kind of a mixture of the the, the two. Um, You know, and even just recently too, we saw kind of going back in the other direction now, a former UFC heavyweight champion, Kane Velasquez, is a professional wrestler now. And that's something I actually think is, Excuse me, pretty exciting because I think this guy could be like a very Jeff Cobbish kind of wrestler. Which, damn, if that's the case, then I'm on board. And typically, I'm not with these MMA guys, so it's um, something that I think is always going to be a topic of conversation. Is this beef, more or less, that MMA has with wrestling and vice versa? It's it's always going to be something I think is going to exist.
2: Yeah, it's it's always going to exist. You're right. There's never going to be a. collaboration with the two of them and everything all nice nice and everything's good it's it's that's never gonna happen there's always gonna be just a little bit of separation Mm -hmm. uh but and of distinction between the two like it's it's always gonna be there
1: absolutely all right Carl we're gonna take a little break here we're gonna come back with our showstopper segment and this is a little bit of a different one and something that I think we're gonna have a little bit of fun with and that's all I'm gonna tell you so stay tuned Uh, We'll be right back
2: sounds good
1: what's up peeps freaks and
0: geeks this is jargo this is the rbv rick vickery we're from the hitting the marks pro wrestling podcast right here on the roar network and you're listening to our favorite canadians joe and carl on turnbuckle talk i
1: I can't believe we just put over canada
0: yeah it's just for joe and carl man nobody will ever hear this
1: Thanks for tuning in to Turnbuckle Talk. This is Vinny Da Vinci here with Joe and Carl. All your
2: wrestling information and news coming right at you live here on the podcast.
1: Hi hey guys, Big Joe and Carl Careful back here on Turnbuckle Talk.
2: Yes, we are, guys, and we are at that very special time of our podcast That time where we take a little pause and then come back to you so that you can listen to our sultry voices yet again. People, it is now time for our show. Stopper
1: segment. Yeah. All right, Carl, I thought we'd have a little bit of fun with this this week. Instead of kind of like a deep kind of thought out... Showstopper. So maybe we just have a little bit of fun this week, and um, our picks for our best old school entrance theme song and our favorite kind of new one. Now, would you like to go first, or you want me to go first?
2: Uh, go ahead, go first. Okay. Yeah, it's fine.
1: I will give. First, we'll do. Uh, maybe we'll maybe what we'll do is we'll flip back and forth. I'll, I'll do my old school pick, and then you do yours, and then we'll go back and forth. Sure. For me, for my older... This isn't necessarily old, old school. It's uh, definitely... I guess you could say it's older, but it's not like in the 70s or 80s or anything like that. My favorite older wrestling entrance theme is still... The Brood. Really? That entrance, theme for The Brood, it just, it's, it, it, it set a, a tone. It, it said it just, you could, it, it set, it, it created some emotion there. When they guys came up and they, they were essentially on a platform, Gangrel, Christian and Edge, they would come up in that from that pit of fire and just the, the music and it, it just, it all fit with the characters. It, just, it was one of the, it was just a perfect entrance and the, the music just, it worked with it and it, it just, it. You got kind of like almost kind of the the chills and the goosebumps when it would happen. That's what did it for me.
2: Nice. So that was, we had to pick one and I hate when we only have to pick one (laughs) and I was very, very torn. Um, It's, it's, I'm still torn Mm -hmm. for my old school, but kind of along the exact same sentiments that you have there with the brood, a theme song that really set the tone for this professional wrestler that i absolutely trust trust love me trust me trust me trust me trust me trust me, trust me, trust me, trust me. jake the snake roberts mm. that was it, it just and 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 there's different variations on it and i think probably the one that that i i enjoyed the most is um if you if you go on to whatever music uh platform that you use and find the, the trust me
1: yes well we uh, just played it theme so yeah. music yeah.
2: Yeah. like it uh, amazingly for for me that's just that in the beginning the trust me trust mm-hmm. me trust and then goes into his theme music and it like just it just set a tone for jake the snake roberts
1: yeah uh, absolutely and uh definitely a great choice there's a ton of good ones to pick from so uh, yeah it was, it was it's a little tough when you gotta narrow it down to one what would what, what would you be your your runner up if you had to pick a runner up
0: bam bam bam, bam.
1: bam bam man yep yep
2: just that that again setting a precedence and a tone just that bam (laughs) bam right and then it comes in again bam bam and then ends with like a bigelow that some of them did Mm -hmm. but like just that bam bam at the beginning really just kind of set things for me and again one of one of my favorite wrestlers growing up bam bam bigelow right Mm -hmm. it's So it just, that was a theme song that if I had to listen to one, that's what I would go to all the time.
1: Yeah. For me, it would, uh, my second pick would be. Piper. Yep. Those those bagpipes, right? And And then the little drum line at the beginning. Like when you hear that, you're like, it's one of those ones where you just instantaneously, you knew who that was and you're like, oh, it's on now right so <laughs> it elicits that that emotional response, which is, that's the point that's right so going from that to our newer school entrance themes here for me, I was kind of a little torn on this one too and thinking back and forth and, and then I just I stopped and I just went I'm overthinking this thing obviously my favorite newer school entrance <laughs> theme is <laughs> The Bullet Club, the the the, the original, the uh, the quintessential Bullet Club entrance, to me that that's that's still badass and it is still my current favorite entrance theme when it comes to professional wrestling.
2: At that that's an amazing pick. Um, again, this was another one where it's kind of going. Mm, I have a bunch of wrestling theme songs on my phone. Yeah. Which one do I continuously go to when I'm listening? the villain, Marty Skrull. Mm. That's the one that, that I can, like, that's the, the top one, right? We only had to choose one, and it was so difficult to choose just one, but that's the one that I always seem to go to, is the villain, Marty Skrull.
1: Well, I'm glad you didn't pick, like, Nia Jax. Guy like something out of left field, because no. that would that I mean it would have been hilarious, but it would have been a like, hmm, I don't know about you anymore.
2: <laughs> had we had we talked about our least, I think Nia Jax would have been right there.
1: Okay, well, well, well while we're yeah. while we're on that, well, if I had to pick, probably the least, and, and this is going to sound really strange, given that I'm such a fan uh, of this guy, and uh, apparently I'm one of the originals when it comes to this group. So. As much as I like Matt Riddle, I don't like his entrance music. <laughs> I, I don't I, like yeah. his entrance music. I, I like the actual entrance itself—the the, the yeah. kicking, the the the, the flip flops off. I, I still think that part's great. The music itself, ee- so much.
2: Yeah. yeah, no, I, I agree yeah. with you there. But I'm, that, a, uh, I'm a riddle hater.
1: <laughs> that, that, that could uh, end up changing when he goes eventually to the main roster. Cause I'm sure he'll probably get different, different music and he'll be called like the Riddle or Riddle Man or Riddler or who knows what uh, kind of crazy shenanigans Vince will come up with. Yeah. All right, Carl. Well, that about wraps up for this week. But before we go, let's talk about our sponsors.
2: Sponsors include CollarAndElbowBrand.com Today, you guys can't see, but today I am wearing, as always, my CollarAndElbowBrand fitted hat, amazing quality. I've had this thing for like two years and it is still going strong. As well, I'm wearing my Heather Gray CollarAndElbow logo t-shirt. This is probably one of the most comfortable shirts that I have ever worn um, it's a go-to shirt for me whenever I am going out, lounging around the house, whatever have you. But make sure you check out CollarAndElbowBrand.com. Use promo code JKPODCAST and get 10% off your entire order, including all new and clearanced merchandise. If you're a vapor like myself, we have two vape sponsors Check out HypeCityOfVapors.com. They have some amazing flavored e-juice over there for your vape. They do regular juice and Nick salts as well. Check them out. Use promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout, and you're going to get yourself 15% off your order. That is an amazing deal for those of you that are in the United States as they are based in the U.S. of A. Shipping is great with them as well and super quick. If you're local here in Sault Ste. Marie, check out Silly Rabbit Vape Shop down on Queen Street across from Top Hat Billiards. Make sure you go and check them out because you can get 10% off all of your e-juice and hardware simply by mentioning the Turn Buckle Talk Discount. Make sure you go in and talk with the amazing staff in there and mention the Turnbuckle Talk discount and get 10% off.
1: Well, someone, of course, to listen to the podcast. You can find us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, CastBox, and all those podcatchers out there as well.
2: And don't forget, the link for Collar and Elbow Brand is available at all of our social media accounts If you're not following us, I feel sorry for you. You really need to start following us on our social medias. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And it's all underneath one name, at TBtalkpod. Super simple and easy for you. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at TBtalkpod.
1: Also, I almost forgot to mention, of course, we are powered by the position.com and a proud part of the Roar Network. And, of course, we are part of the HTM Podcast Network, where I believe this week the uh, Brock, I mean um, PW Hustle are, are back out of nowhere. So make sure and uh, go and check them <sighs> out this week.
2: That's right.
1: All right, Carl. That wraps up for another week, and we'll see you guys on the next one. Ciao.
0: everybody you're listening to Joe and Call on Turnbuckle Talk this is Mr. Sir Mr. E O T and
2: the guy who's in Tuesday with Frank Delvin Bryson Scott